Hello and welcome. You are listening to episode 15 of the Radically You podcast. My name is Naomi Jenkins. I am an internal relationship coach, a wannabe minimalist, and your host for today's episode on Believing on Purpose. Hello, my friends. Long time no talk. Okay, not really. But I did take last week off on the podcast because I was just feeling so depleted. The food poisoning that I got in Mexico while I was there with my family led to an autoimmune flare up in my body that has just been a doozy to come back from. But slowly and surely, I am starting to feel more like my usual self. So here we are. I wanted to chat today about the concept of believing on purpose. Essentially, this is just the idea that we get to choose what we want to believe about anything, everyone in our lives. Whether we are aware of it or not, we are all walking around with a lifetime worth of varying belief systems. We have beliefs about the world. We have beliefs about each other, the people around us. We have beliefs about religion, politics, God, you name it. And I think maybe the most often overlooked collection of beliefs that we each have are the beliefs that we hold about ourselves which is exactly what I want to focus on today. But before we get into that, let's start with what is a belief? I want to offer to you that a belief is really nothing more than a thought that we have been thinking on repeat for so long that our brain has just learned to accept it as true. We've just taken for granted at this point that it is a fact because we've been thinking it for so long over and over and over that it just feels true. So where do we get our beliefs? We've been picking up and formulating our beliefs since the very day that we were born. Early on, we probably acquired a lot of them from our parents, other caretakers, or maybe from older siblings. Um, From as we got older, we started to pick up beliefs and ideas from probably our teachers at school or at church. Uh, We probably started to absorb some of the beliefs of our friends and classmates as we spent more and more time with people outside of our home. And of course, there's the good old television that offered us a whole lot of ideas and things that we could believe as they were woven into the stories and the advertisements that we were being exposed to. So we get our beliefs from a myriad of places. And that's one thing I think that is worth exploring that we're going to come back to today. I was listening to one of my favorite Lauren Daigle songs today. Um, You've probably heard it. It was on the radio for a long time. It's called You Say... 
And the whole idea of the song is that she is going to choose what she believes about herself based on what God tells her to believe about herself. She's going to trust in his beliefs. So we can choose to acquire our beliefs from all different sources. We can obviously come up with them on our own as well, especially once we have fully functional brains as adults. We make sense of the world around us and choose what to believe. Uh, But I think so often we're not choosing on purpose because we're not doing it super like consciously and intentionally. And the thing that so many of us, I think, don't realize about our beliefs is that they are optional. We get to choose whether or not we want to maintain the same beliefs that we have always carried or sometimes maybe set them down or swap them out for something new. And this isn't always the easiest process, especially with some of the beliefs that we've been practicing for maybe the full duration of our lives. But regardless, we do always have a choice. It is always optional and possible to change our beliefs if and when we want to. The first step to believing on purpose is just to develop some awareness around what we are believing. Because until we know what we already believe, we don't really have access to examine and make intentional choices about whether or not we want to keep carrying those beliefs. Once we are aware of what our beliefs are, then we can examine them with some playful curiosity and consider other possibilities and ultimately decide on purpose whether we are going to keep certain beliefs or set them aside for something else. I like to think of this process as an exercise in decluttering the mind. In fact, one of my very favorite analogies to use when I'm teaching someone about their immense potential to choose their beliefs on purpose is to reference the decluttering methods of Marie Kondo. If you haven't heard of Marie Kondo, then you, my friend, are in for a treat today because in my opinion, she is an absolute gem. So Marie Kondo is a Japanese organization expert and author of the book, The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up, which I highly recommend if you haven't come across it already. She also has a charming series about decluttering on Netflix, if that's a little more your jam. But her method of decluttering and organizing, I think, is genius. It's been coined the KonMari method. And in a nutshell, it goes a little something like this. So she goes into, she comes into a client's house and they go through the house one category at a time. So you choose a single category and she suggests starting with the things that are easier. Like you don't dive into all of your sentimental items and pictures first, because obviously that's going to take more mental energy. So you start with something a little easier, like maybe clothes or books And what she would have you do with whichever category you choose is take everything from your entire house in that category and pile it into one place so you can get a better idea of what you actually have. So I like to use the example of like 
the closet in my bedroom for this. Instead of walking into the closet and trying to decide what things to take out, which can get very overwhelming very quickly, you would go into the closet and take everything out and put it on maybe the bed or the floor, pile it up so that you can see everything that you have and then decide on purpose what you want to put back in. And we can do this with our minds, but the way that she does it, if let's just take this example of clothes. So you would pile all of the clothes, shoes, pants, underwear, shirts, everything in one place on the bed or on the floor. And then you sort through it all piece by piece. And it sounds like this would be so time consuming, but I've tried it in a few different parts of my house. And I really actually think it is way more efficient in the end. So once you've got everything piled, you would pick up each item piece by piece. And Marie suggests asking yourself, does this spark joy? So essentially you go into your body and you decide like, how do I feel about this item? Does it spark joy in my body? And then you tune into that and you listen. And if it sparks joy, you probably keep it. And if it doesn't, then you ultimately make a decision to either keep the item, toss the item, or donate it back out into the world where it could possibly bring joy to somebody else. And you work your way through your entire house this way, one category at a time. Make sure you finish an entire category before moving on to the next. And what you are ultimately left with in the end is an organized home that is filled only with the things that either serve an important purpose in your life or genuinely spark joy, promote more joy in your daily existence. I dare you to try this because I swear Marie's a total genius. And as I was preparing for this episode, I definitely realized it's time for me to do this again in my own home. And I'm kind of excited about that. But okay, so back to the topic at hand. If you are completely lost and wondering why I switched from talking about beliefs to that tangent about organizational theory, stay with me. I promise it really is the perfect analogy. It provides the perfect foundational backdrop for the idea of decluttering our minds. Because decluttering our mind is not that different from decluttering our homes. Just like our homes can easily become overrun with so much stuff that we forget what we actually have and are too overwhelmed to make sense of it, our brains are also swimming in the clutter of all of the beliefs that we have acquired throughout a lifetime of trying to make sense of our world. But we don't have to keep storing and carrying all of that mental clutter if we don't want to. And really, the process of cleaning it out isn't much different than the process of tidying up our home. So with our minds, just like Marie suggests, we can pick one category at a time to dive into. And today, like I mentioned before, I want to focus our attention only on the thoughts and beliefs that we have about ourselves. So first, we need to get it all out into one place. We've chosen the category. We're going to explore the thoughts we have about ourselves. And we want to get a really clear picture of what we actually have. But since we can't pull all of the thoughts out of our minds and dump them into a pile on the floor, 
I want to suggest the next best thing, which is just a blank paper and a pen or pencil. And you just do a full blown mind dump to get it all out in front of you. So right at the top of the paper, what do I believe about myself? And then just answer the question. Start writing and don't stop until you can't come up with one single thing more that you are believing about yourself. Get it all out on that paper where you can see it with fresh eyes. And don't be surprised if you uncover some things that you didn't even know were there. There are things that are being stored in your mind that you're probably completely unaware of because it's been so long since you have taken them out and given them some air to breathe and paid attention to them. And really, that's kind of the whole point of taking this inventory is to uncover all of that unconscious junk in our brain that is still taking up space and is still influencing us even if we don't recognize it. So once you have a list in front of you, the next step is to start sorting through it piece by piece, just like Marie does with her clients. In our homes, Marie suggests asking ourselves, does this spark joy? But for our purposes, not that that question isn't totally relevant here, I want to, um, as we're trying to work towards believing on purpose, I want to suggest a different question. So as you approach each individual belief from your list, I suggest asking yourself, does this thought serve me today? Because the truth is, you wouldn't have picked up these thoughts and practiced them and turned them into deeply programmed beliefs if they didn't serve you in some way at some point. But it's worth asking, does it still serve me today? And I always think concrete examples are helpful. So I want to give you an example from my own life today. And I've chosen one that I've already done a lot of deconstruction work on, though, to be perfectly honest, it is work that I find myself coming back to again and again and again, which really isn't surprising being that this is a belief that was reinforced into my brain from many, many different directions and sources at many times throughout my life. So the belief that I carried with me for the longest time is that what I look like is the most important thing about me. And even though I don't believe this anymore in the same way that I used to, it is still one that keeps rearing its ugly head because it was so deeply programmed into my psyche from what feels like a million different voices and sources and time frames. However, when I take this belief out and hold it lovingly in my hands and ask myself, does this belief serve me today? The answer is absolutely no. It doesn't serve me at all to believe that my appearance is the most important thing about me. In fact, it actually gets in the way. It prevents me from showing up in the world as the version of myself that I want to be. When I believe this thought, I spend my time and energy on my appearance instead of spending my time and energy on creating something meaningful in the world. 
and becoming the best version of myself that I can be. So for me, this belief is an easy one to put down. And I have to put it down again and again. I may have to put it down 500 more times before I am totally rid of it because my human brain loves to repeat what it knows and it keeps offering it to me over and over. But that is work that I'm committed to doing for as long as it takes because I have no interest in carrying around beliefs about myself that are holding me back and keeping me small and stuck. I don't want that for myself anymore. That one powerful question for me is enough here. But there are a few other questions that might be useful to consider as you're sorting through your pile of beliefs about yourself. And some of those would be, where and when did I first pick up this belief? How old was I? What were the circumstances? It's useful to examine this because, like I said, this belief probably did serve you at some point. And recognizing and honoring how it served you is really useful and powerful when you're ready to let go. Because if you can see that it served you once and then ask yourself, does it still serve me now? Then it makes more sense to put it down and walk away. Another question to ask might be, who offered me this way of thinking about myself? A lot of times we think that we need to hold on to something just because we care about the person who gave it to us or because it came from like a good loving place. And actually, I love what Marie suggests to her clients in this area when they come across things like maybe... Maybe, for example, you pull something out of your closet. Maybe it's a sweater that was gifted to you by your grandmother who you no longer have around. And it still has the tags on it. And you don't like the sweater. And you've never worn the sweater. And you have no intention of wearing the sweater. However, it has that kind of sentimental attachment and meaning to it. So you're holding on to it. You're giving it space in your life. We do this in our minds. We give things space in our minds because there is some kind of like attachment or meaning that we've given to it. And what Marie suggests doing here is holding that item lovingly and thanking it for what it has given you, for maybe the love that it carried to you or whatever it may be. I think we can do this with the thoughts and beliefs in our mind. When we acknowledge where it came from and what their intentions were and that maybe it even served us or helped us survive or provided us with love at some point, then we can more lovingly put it down. For example, my belief that my appearance is the most important thing about me was deeply rooted in so many compliments and things I received as a child relating to my appearance that were obviously coming from well-meaning people. However, it didn't really serve me and it doesn't serve me now. So I'm ready to put it down and I can say, okay, I received the love that was intended and I no longer want to hold on to this belief because it does not serve me. Another question that's sometimes useful to ask, especially when we're talking about beliefs about ourselves, might be, who benefits from me believing this about myself? 
And with my specific example today, this is actually a great one because you know who benefits from me believing that my appearance is the most important thing about me? A multi-billion dollar beauty industry is who benefits from that. I am not the one who benefits from this belief. And the beauty industry that does benefit is not something I'm really interested in supporting. Now, I'm not saying I should just like throw the belief out the door necessarily because even though my appearance is not the most important thing about me, I still obviously care about um, like hygiene and things like that. And I want to feel comfortable and confident in my body. So it's less about like throwing it completely out this time and more about reframing it, which is kind of what we come to next. So when we apply this curiosity and allow ourselves to explore the beliefs and where they come from and how they've served us in the past, when we ask ourselves all these questions, it's actually helpful in allowing us to detach from the beliefs so that we can more easily decide what we want to do with them next. So from there, we just get to make a decision. What do we want to do with the belief? Do we want to keep it because it serves us? Do we want to maybe reframe the belief so that it can serve us better? So for my example, maybe like my appearance is not the most important thing about me, but it's still okay if I want to allow my appearance to be important sometimes in certain situations. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. So I've reframed it a lot. Um, If you don't want to keep it and you don't want to reframe it, maybe do you want to consciously and intentionally choose to put that belief down and walk away from it? Because there just is no need to keep carrying that unnecessary weight of that belief in your life. And if you are ready to put it down and walk away, I want to offer to you that it can sometimes be useful to come up with a new belief to take its place. That way, you have something to respond with when your own human brain inevitably tries to recycle that old belief and make it new again, because that's what our brains do. They want to keep doing what they've always done. They want to conserve energy, and this is how they do it. But if you have created a new belief to replace it, then you have something to respond with when your brain does try to recycle that old belief. So ask yourself What do you want to believe instead? And does this belief already feel accessible and true to you? It might be useful to get out a second piece of paper and just write a full brain dump again of everything that you would like to believe about yourself. Best case scenario, what would you like to be true about you? Write it all out. Get it in front of you. Pay attention to it and be aware of what you want to believe, what relationship you want to have with yourself. And then maybe choose one of those beliefs. If you're ready to get rid of one of the beliefs from your list of old beliefs and you want to replace it with something new, choose one and ask yourself, does it feel accessible and true? And a lot of times the answer to that will probably be no, because you haven't been practicing these new beliefs on repeat for a long time, the same way that you did with those old ones. So in that situation, I want to offer you three magic words. And those three magic words are, it's possible that. Throw those at the front 
of whatever you want to believe about yourself. For me, for example, I I might just throw on, it's possible that my appearance is not the most important thing about me. This gives my brain permission to look for evidence of how that might be true. Because I've collected a lifetime of evidence, like I said, of how true it is that my appearance matters so much. And we could talk all day about all of that evidence I've collected, but I really don't think that's useful. So instead, I'm going to give my brain permission to seek evidence for what I want to believe. I want to believe it's possible that my appearance just is not the most important thing about me. That other things are more important, that the work I do in the world is more important, that the way I interact with the people around me is more important, that the time and energy I spend taking care of my mind and my soul and my spirit is more important. I want to collect evidence of how my new belief might be true. And when we give our brains permission to practice a new belief, That is exactly what they do. They look for evidence to prove it true because the human brain wants nothing more than it wants to prove itself right. So give your brain permission to prove itself right about something that you want to believe about yourself and do it again and again and again and take that belief that starts with it's possible that and write it down on post-it notes or on your phone background or wherever, put it somewhere that you can see it over and over and over. Because just like your old beliefs were created by thinking a thought on repeat, if you want to create new beliefs, it's going to take repetition. And it's going to take intentional repetition to choose what you want to believe on purpose. So write it down, put it on your bathroom mirror, put it on your computer screen, put it at your desk, put it on the fridge, put it on the dashboard of your car, put it wherever you will see it and then repeat it to yourself over and over and over until you start to take for granted that it's true, until you start to live into that new belief that you're giving yourself permission to have about yourself. All right, my friends. That is what I have for you today on Believing on Purpose. I hope you are well. Take care of yourself. Be kind. And I will talk to you again next week. I cannot tell you how grateful I am that you joined me here for today's podcast. If anything in today's episode resonated with you, or you think it might prove useful to someone that you know, I hope you will share it with a friend. I would also be immensely grateful if you would take the time to leave a review in whatever podcast app you're using today. Reviews are the best way for new listeners to find the podcast so that they can come and join in on the conversation. Once a month, I will be choosing one reviewer at random to receive a free private coaching session with me on any topic of your choice. This month, I hope that person is you.